long, it may be short, but whichever way it is, I trust the Lord, you will go home blessed. Amen. Please turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, please put it on the screen for me. And then we read verses 1 through to verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. Shall we go together, please? Want to go? Right. change it now that's the way to do it change it by the time you're in the last one okay good and raise us up together that's in the ages to come Okay, are you still going? <laughs> okay. Amen. We got through. <laughs> I guess you don't know what. We tend to gain when we compress them onto a single slide when we do it on Wednesday. You know, all those, and they're trying their best. Computers probably will not respond faster than that. Hallelujah. All right, very good. That's the passage that we will look today. But I want us to look at just one of them. Let, let me just read verses 1 through to 4 for you one, once again quickly. And you, he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now walks in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the loss of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. How do you feel about that? Not looking very good, is it? He started by saying, you know, we're dead in trespasses and sins. You are walking according to the power of the air. You, he was talking about you and me. And he went on and went on. Among whom we all once connected us in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling desires of the flesh of the mind. And we're by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Very gloomy. Isn't it? Verse 4, but God. The title of our message today is but God. Because after but God, it's a new story. Thank God, three verses of all your past, another seven verses of all your future. But God. But God. Our title today is But God. I believe with all my heart that those two words are probably the most important two words in the life of a person. But God. But God 
is so empowering that it describes the whole ministry of God. When he created the world in Genesis chapter 1, there was a story before. Then you can actually put, but God, and after that light came. But God is the difference. But God. I hope one of these days you will begin to walk and myself will begin to walk in the knowledge and absolute confidence of those two words. But God. But God. How pleasing. How soothing. But God. Because of our time, very quickly I look at two words. Number one, but and number two, which one is the second one? It has to be God. Hallelujah. But, the word but is both a conjunction and also a divider. It joins two parts together. You know, he said, yesterday I was blah, 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 and this, that, that, and that, that, that. But, you don't stop after but, you must add something after you agree with me. So, but you, when you say but, usually you don't continue along the same line. Because actually, if I check the dictionary, it tells me but is usually a word that brings contrast between two things. So, but is a very strange word. Very strange word. It talks about joining things together. And usually, most of the time, we join things that are similar. I can join things that are similar. But for but, seldom, if ever, we really join things that are similar together. And you know where I'm going in a minute. But it's a very, very important word. And please be very careful as you go through life that you know how to deal with the word but. I'll tell you why. I was listening to somebody speak just a few days ago. And I listened with quite a few other people. But, (laughs) you know, when the man was speaking, I was waiting for the word but. I'm not sure whether others were waiting for it. Because I knew when speeches like that were made. The man stood up, was addressing a group of ministers and a group of people, and he was talking about the redeemed Christian church of God, and he was saying a lot of things. I was waiting for birth. May the Lord give you understanding to know how to wait for birth so that it does not become a problem for you. So this man said so many glowing things, and then came to a point where he was going to deliver the corrections or the criticism or the areas that needs to be changes to be made. And he used the word but so silently and subtly, I smiled. Because many at times when people are going to roast you sometimes, they will say so many glowing things ahead. Some of you will be laughing. You have, even, you, you have lost your identity and they drop it in. Wisdom is that you know that the word but is an heavenly word that God has ordained for two things. One, to either bless or to do the other one. I pray in our lives it will be a blessing in Jesus' name. It connects things that normally should not have connected. It brings together things probably that would not have brought, brought together. We have a few examples of birds in the Bible. Second Kings chapter 5, verse 1. Let's quickly read that, that one. You're talking about birds, but, but God, but God, but God. If not for that difference, how would my story be? Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master. Because by him, the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor. Uh-huh. What is the next one? If you look at the King James Version, just to prove unto you that but is not a very loud word, is grayed out. Which means most probably, this is your own Bible like that, is grayed. Which means probably that it is just inserted as a subtle conjunction to bring two things together. In Mark chapter 10, verses 19 to 22, i just share, share a few, establish what I'm saying on the word of God. 
Mark chapter 10. There was this story of a man that went to the Lord Jesus Christ. He was doing very well. Jesus asked him. He first started by asking. He said, how can I inherit the kingdom of God? Jesus told him, do this, do this. The man said, I will do it. Eventually, Jesus said, ah, you have done very well. He said, you are very close to the kingdom. He said, go and do one more thing. And when the man heard that, the conclusion of the matter is that then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, and continue. But the man was sad at this word and went away sorrow, for he had great possession. Put Revelation chapter 5, verses 1 to 5 on the screen for me. I'm going somewhere with this one. I want you to now wake up every day and said, this thing I'm going through, but God. Because the but God makes all the difference. What does he say? And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and the back, sealed with seven seals. We keep going. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to lose the seals? You know the story very fast. Three, and no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. Good. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. All gloom and doom. No hope. Everything is down. No chance. Everyone had everywhere. No answer. But... One of the elders said to me, do not weep. When you feel it's all over, there's no way. May that but come into your life in the name of Jesus. But one of them said to me, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to lose his seven seas. What should I do with but? Number one, factor into your daily life. The moment there's no but in your story, then there's no change. Resist a change for the worse and pray for a change for the better. And I'm challenging you. The only but you have had before is, is usually 2 Kings chapter 5, isn't it? It's every but in my life. There are other buts in the Bible. In actual fact, there are, better, there are many good buts in the Bible that are bad buts. And that's why you must follow but, for, you know, factor but into your life. It's a good word. It's a good word. I feel the threat of death. Somebody can say, but God said, I will not die, I shall live. I feel as if this house shall be, repos- it shall be repossessed, but God, but God. Factor it in every aspect of your life. It seems as if I will not finish this education. The money has run out. The capacity has run out. I couldn't make any progress, but God. But God, there is a but God in every situation. Factor it in. When somebody says that there's no way there, nobody has ever made it that way. Nobody has ever come to a town like that and prayed the gospel. Just remember, but God. I remember when I was preparing this one. When I came to this town close to 20 years ago, the first thing I noticed, amongst many other good things, and some not so good, one thing I noticed was the knowledge of God. And because I discovered that, and it's respectfully I say that the knowledge of God is not very deep. I'm not talking about just, you know, knowing God from the pages of the Bible. Because the knowledge of God along the line that if I do this, this will be repercussion. The knowledge of God to be able to say that, look, he, this brother has been good to me. If I decide to be bad unto him, there's a God. You know, many people don't know that they don't have that knowledge of God. Many people don't have that knowledge of God. That if you had decided to go into an agreement with this brother and we are, we are doing things together and I go behind him and destroy him, there is a God. People don't know God that way. They know God other ways. And do you know that's a very big difference about the but God? 
And that's by my point number two. Factor God, factor birth into every other relationship you have. That's very important. Factor it into every other relationship. I can't be smiling with, with, with Solomon right in front of him and go behind him and destroy him. That's a God. There's birth there. Factor that in. Factor it in as well. That I cannot look at this brother and say, well, we see where he is. He probably will never get beyond that. No, I can't do that because there's a God. He might look like this today. Tomorrow, I don't know what it will become. If I know it goes to become great. Because I believe with all my heart, I say, God. I hope you work with people like that. Because that was the mistake, the very mistake that Saul made. I'm going to put that on the screen for us. In the Second Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. That's the mistake he made. He never factored in God. That birth was not in him. Second Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. Now there was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. But the house of David, the old version says, grew stronger and, and the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. You know, Saul never knew that that boy would make it. Even when God was telling him, and was, there was a time he was telling me, he said, you know what? You are more righteous than I am. There must be, I mean, after all, I knew God. But I don't know him as a boy. For all I did to you, and you had an opportunity to kill me, you didn't kill me. You are a better guy. He never, he never knew. He, just, he was so angry as the son, who was his friend, to kill him. All sorts of things. In fact, that was what killed him most. He never put in there's a God, but God. I'll tell you so many of the wonderful blessings that are in this but God, but please don't forget all these few ones I've told you as well. Factor it in when you deal with people. Don't undercut people. Don't stop them from being into where God has ordained them to be. Remember there's a God. There's a God. Even when politicians say it in a very jocular manner that there's a God, but there's a God. Hallelujah. Number two, God. Hallelujah. But God who is rich in mercy. You know, we so say so much about God. And I, I put a lot of things after it. I put, you know, this, put that behind. But the most important word after that but is God. And that's the most important word. When the name of God comes after this word but, he gives it a totally new meaning altogether. And of course, you're not going to grab that until you understand who God is. Which more often than not, we think we know. <laughs> look at men of old. Do you know, if I want to know where a person is going, the first thing I will look for in the person's life is his desire to know God more. You remember in Philippians chapter 3, what does he say? Starting from verse 8, that I may... He said, even though I've known him, he said, I press on to know him more. And so the first thing that I do about just knowledge of God, we will look at God a little bit closer. I know you know him. If I were to ask, we reel out a few things that we know about him. Is this, is that. Many of those things, they are not yet real in our lives. In actual fact, I will be very honest with you. You want me to be very honest with you? When I want to talk to you about the areas that I really, really, for my level, really, really know God. I think there are only three that I can count just now on the top of my head. Number one, I know him as a provider. Number number two, I know him as love. Because his love has covered many things in my life. I mean, as a third one, maybe as a God of mercy. But every other thing, yes, I've heard about it, but I've not experienced it. I know him as a healer. 
Not as much as I would love to know him. Uh, but I still believe that I want to know him. I want to be able to say every time I cry unto him for healing, he gives it. I don't know him that way yet. So I'm going to challenge you as I go through some of these attributes of God. So when you say, but God, I will only use as tantalizers just to encourage you to seek deeper, to know when we say, but God, you know what you're talking about. He might be a deliverer. Oh, yes, I know him also as my protector. I know him very well. He's always fought for me. That one, in fact, is going to be made my number two. So I will challenge you to go and find out how you know God. Not about they told you how you know God. I will share a few with you. It's been a Wednesday where I've invited you know, uh, contributions and testimonies of real examples, not just fluke, real one that you can bank it. Even if somebody says that is not true, you say, well, if that is not true, then there's no God. Of course, you know there's God. And I, I'm that definite about God, my protector. Okay, number one, when we're talking about but God, the number one thing I want you to know about this God that is that he is all-powerful. Is all powerful. All powerful. And many at times we talk of the omnipotence of God without recognizing the depth of it. Psalm 62, verse 11. God has spoken once, twice have I heard that the power belongs to God. In Revelation chapter 19, verse 6, it's called the omnipotent God. And I believe with all my heart that it is both foolish and dangerous not to factor into your affairs the all-powerful God. It is foolish and dangerous. Foolish in the sense that you might be close to your breakthrough and you are not factoring in that God is powerful to change it around suddenly. That's foolishness. There are many at the door of breakthrough. They turn back. They forgot that God is able to turn a situation around very quickly and very swiftly. And it takes power to do that. Shared with you, I always share it. It's a very easy way for me to understand the power of God. Especially when things seem to be going down. I used to play ham wrestling with Dami when he was younger. I've shared with some of you before, five years. And then... He will be pressing my hand, pressing my hand. I will let him win. And fathers, please let us children win. Now, some of you, you are playing games with them. I mean, I've seen fathers before. You know, teaching them chess. You win one, you win one. Let them win. Come on, what's wrong with you? You will buy a racket for them. Every score you buy. And so that, everything touch the line. You start fighting. No, he went down. Come on. Anyway. <laughs> so... <laughs> So we used to play that game a lot. So we, we, it, will, it, it gave me a clear example of how God is able to change things. And that's never left me. So we'll be doing arm wrestling like that. He will press. Then when he was about to win, he would then stand up to really, really get it down. You know, I'll still sit down. Five-year-old. I mean, if I can't do that, I'll be in trouble. So just before I touch ground, I just, ah, you won again, Dad. I smile. So I do that about three, four times. Maybe one, I just allow him to win so that the game can continue. Because for a child, if you keep winning, the guy will leave. <laughs> so we kept doing that, we kept doing that. And I know that struck me in my heart. I said, you know what? That is God. Situation might look so, so bad, but he is never, ever out of control. Can you imagine when that young boy was pressing my hand? I start worrying. I said, do you think God is worried over your matter? You think he's not worried? Hey, he might touch my gun. I, I knew, even if I closed my eyes, even my eyes, whatever. And so God is saying, 
situation that seems impossible is able to turn them around. It's all powerful. Hallelujah. It's all powerful. Because of our time, and I mentioned that it is foolish. It is also dangerous, which I've mentioned before. The danger of it is that if you don't factor the all-powerful God into the situation, knowing that there is but God, you might be walking danger line. You keep disobeying him, you keep doing what is not right in his sight, and you just think that, please factor it in. He might keep quiet, but God is not a foolish God. And I pray we will not see the other side of him in the name of Jesus Christ. We will walk closely with him. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 31. Hebrews 10 31. It is what? A fearful thing to fall into the hand of the living God. Deuteronomy 32 verse 39. He said, I kill and I make alive. God. God is the one saying that. Number two. He is all knowing. God knows is a good way to talk. Sometimes when you have your back to the world. You've tried to defend yourself. God knows and sees all things and will vindicate you. He knows all your sacrifice, all your failings and your weaknesses. He knows all the truth about all the truth. Some of us, we know the truth. We don't even know the truth behind the truth. Paradventure, you know the truth behind some truth, but he knows all the truth behind all the truth. So you can raise that to power N. He still remains an all-knowing God. That is why when you are not sure of what to do next, don't worry. You have your father that knows he will lead you by the hand. Abraham didn't know where he was going. He was following God. He trusted that the all-knowing God will take him to his destination. Trust him. He will take you there. But God. I'm confused. I don't know what next. But God knows. I'm afraid, and the whole thing seems to be falling apart. Don't worry, but he knows. He knows. He knows. Sometimes we look back, we say we've made serious mistake. Didn't you know God knew you made the mistake? Can I show you as made contingency plans for you? And that's one of the worst areas for us as believers. That will be my next point, which is mercy. We dwell too much on our errors. We dwell too much, and the devil loves it. If Peter were to dwell on his error, you know, the error of Peter was, it was almost apostasy. Denied Jesus three times. I didn't know him. So you didn't know your best friend. You think that's good? This man died for you. So you didn't know him. He did everything. You know, you had nobody. Gave you a good business. Made you a preacher. You went out one time. You went, went to preach. You lay hand. People were recovering. And then somebody was challenged. You said, I never knew him. You think it's a small thing? God forbid, a wife tells somebody, I don't know the husband, it's as good as it's all over. <laughs> Some children, they did that when I was in secondary school, I was in boarding house. Did anybody feel that before? Very painful. Their mothers will come, maybe from the village. The woman has walked 10 miles just to bring provision for you. And because there's no transport, there's no way for her to carry it. She didn't carry it on her head. The old, you know, flip-flop, she was wearing it all dusty. And she appeared at the grave. They say, your mommy said, your mommy said, the child go and go, get, went back to run. Some of those children, I know one or two, they never made it. You know why? Because the mother does not need to curse them. I mean, I can't compare my own case today. My mother went for one program where she came. She brought puff puff for me. <laughs> I mean, it's not comparable, but I ran to the grave. But even at that, children, you don't want to be, want to be independent. You parents, have you seen that before? Even in the school. They don't run away from you, but they just say, ah, dad, you know, ah, dad, you know. Yeah. 
Went to go and cover your prize giving day. You said, my camera is too big. <laughs> okay, I put it away. I mean, they're not the Sony, you don't understand what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that you can then know the extent of what Peter did. Peter was forgiven. Peter moved forward. What's wrong with you? God is not God. If he's going to keep you in your past, his blood is more than sufficient to wipe it away. Tell yourself, I will move forward in the name of Jesus. Whether you've made a spiritual error, a business error, or whatever, God will move you forward. And that will not be, be the end of your story. So God knows all things. He knows we make the mistake you have made. He knows we make the mistake you will make tomorrow. That's why we must be very close unto him. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 13 says, There is nothing that is hid from him with whom we have to do. Psalm 25 verse 14. What does it say? It says that the secrets of the Lord are with them that fear him. God is rich in mercy. Mention that a little bit. His storehouse of mercy never runs out. So when you are saying, but God, you are talking of a merciful God. But God. But God. That's why it says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, that if we confess our sins, he's faithful. Faithful means that he will not change that. If you confess your sin, if you confess your sin, he is faithful to forgive and to do what? cleanse, that is remove the effect of it. Don't let the devil lie to you anymore. Hallelujah. Number four, this God that we say, but him, he loves greatly. And that's from our verse, from the passage that we use. But God who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, the premise of his mercy is his love. Because he loves us, he cannot but be gracious and merciful and kind unto us. And please remember this. When people are horrible to you, just know that God loves you. God loves you. I've been doing one particular study and I've got a few more books to actually do the study more. It's what we call approval of men. We live a generation in which everybody is looking for approval. We had, those that had that message that that young boy gave, down to Punevo, blew me, blew me. Simple. When Moses went and struck the rock and water came, everybody was jumping and jumping. They didn't know that the guy was lost. Approval of men. He's driving, he's driving people in the world. He's even driving us in the church. I had to keep checking myself. All that I'm telling you, am I telling you because it's what you want to hear? I'm telling you it's because what God wants you to hear. It's very easy. And people know how to milk your approval or how to make them to be dependent upon you. Their looks of disapproval will make you to change tack. All of you start getting up and going now. And I say, Lord, is this what I should say? I'll keep saying it. Empty, go. And I know that's not happening because these are people of God here. You want the truth and you get the truth. Human approval. And so, because of the love that God has for us, we must stay close to him and not... That's why he said, he that loves brother, sister, husband, wife, and the rest of them more than me is not worthy of me. You know what he's talking about? The time will come when we need to make a choice. Will you go for their approval or you go for mine? Will you follow what I'm telling you to do or will you just want to stick on unto them? Now, some relationship you don't need to break, but you say, darling, I'm not going to do that. Darling, I love Jesus. A great man of God was addressing us one time. He said he loves his wife to beat. 
He said, but what? You know what? If there's anything that is going to stand between him and his wife, between him and said, I will stand between him and God, he will choose God. And believe you me, you must be prepared to do that. It's love. The Bible says that for God so loved the world and gave us a good example in Genesis chapter 22. Just a pre. Give, give me Genesis 22 and I'll probably close on that. I still want us to pray. One or two points more, but we need to go. I hope you are getting something out of it. But God, but God, but God. Tell your neighbor, but God. Uh-huh. Because God is, makes all the difference. If, if, if your boss stops at but, we don't go very far. But God. Where you are seeing me so, but God. But God. Verse 2. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I tell you. Is that similar to another story you know? Whose story was that? Whose story was that? What was that similar story? He said, take your son, your only son, whom you love. Who? God and the Father. Isn't it? Awesome. That's God. This is my only begotten son, whom I love. And he gave him to be killed on the mountain. So if God... As it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 32, Romans 8, 32. If God will not withhold Jesus, he will not withhold anything from you. He will not. It might look rough. It might look impossible. I know him. Your story, my story will end well. He did not spare his own son. He did not spare him, his own son, but delivered him all for us all. We know you parents. A child has it, especially a mother. You are all over the place. Talk less of a, a, a father saying, let the child be killed. Just headache. The child has vomited twice. Called pastor three times. You call him child five times. And it's okay. Amen. That's what you should do. <laughs> That's love. But someone has took his own son. He said, let the child be killed. So that I can help other people. That's love. That's love. The child is sick. We can't even bother to even carry the sick child to church. We just, the, our whole world is centered around that. I'm, I'm printing a picture of the love of God for you. Our whole world is centered around that. He said, the child is throwing up. Just, just carry the child to church. He said, no, no. I don't even tell him, tell him about any other thing. It's just this one now. But he did not spare his own son. He will give you everything. He will give you everything. Finally, God is gracious. But this gracious God. You know what gracious means? Gracious me that he, give, he gives it to you when you don't qualify for it. And that's so much God, isn't it? And I pity those who are trying to qualify for the love of God. You will, you will work hard. You will try. And anything, anytime you've done something for God, you quickly record it. Lord, you see, all these things that I've been doing, really? All this time I've been laboring for you. I will close, Beloved. And the word I will leave for you is that because of God, all things that look impossible around us, they shall be turned around. And through his power, through his knowledge, through his mercy, through his graciousness, they shall be turned around and they shall be testimonies. Do you believe that with me?
but God. I want you to, for a moment, think of all the dire straits that the church of Jesus is in, that the nations are in, that your family is in, that you are in personally. Look at everything. Package them. Think about them for one moment. Just think about them. And after you've finished thinking about them, I want you to put the word, but God. And then see the picture that comes after that. The picture of what his power will do. The picture of the restoration that will come. That is his plan. That is what he has called that we must be fit into. And he will do it for you, I mean, Jesus' name. Rise on your feet and let us pray. We have just about five, ten minutes to pray. In the midst of that, if the Lord will love us to do any other thing, we will listen to him and he will help us. What shall be your prayer today? That because of those two words, my life will move to the next level. Because if it is God, it can only be better. Because of those two words, because of those two words, but God, I will be transported to a higher level. His glory will distill over my life. And it shall be very well with me. Talk to God on your own. And let's just see what it will do from here on. Let it be a prayer from your heart. Let it be a heartfelt prayer. Let it be a prayer right from the inside of you. But God, but God, but God, but God, but God. But God, I do believe in my heart that you are speaking to him. Even when I speak to him silently, my only heart cry and desire is that there will be a testimony. That as you look at this all-powerful God, there will be a transformation. That all the things that are arrayed against you, they shall be subdued and Christ shall be glorified. But God, we were dead in sins, we were everything said, but God, but God. But for God, you can put it. But for God, and that shall be the story of your life. Cry unto him. Tell him to step in right now. And make the seemingly impossible possible. Never ever forget that if you don't factor in but God, it can be a foolish step. It can be a dangerous step. A dangerous step in the sense that, you know, if I walk with the Lord, it's not right. Just ask him to make it right now. Just ask him to, to get you into the place you should be. We cannot skimp over that. And if you are okay, ask him that he will keep you okay.
but God. But for God. Feeble, tired, unsure I may be, but God makes all the difference, but God. But God. Give you another minute to pray. Talk to God. Out with my own prompting you. I believe you must have something to tell him. Must have something to tell him. We just prayed at the beginning that now on, God will answer us promptly. He will hear our cries. He will turn us around without delays. In the name that is above all names. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. There's an assignment of death over somebody here. The Lord has canceled it. They didn't factor God in when they were making all those plans and the forces of darkness and putting their own efforts together. But God said no. And it's no, it's no. Amen. So whoever that person is in the name that's above all names, you will fulfill the number of your days in health in the name of Jesus. You will not be cut off at your prime in the name of the Lord Jesus. It mentioned at the beginning, covered glory, tarnished glory, lost glory. By the virtue of the angels ministering in this room this afternoon. Every one of us, as we open our hearts unto him right now. We receive back all the original glory God has ordained for us in the name of the Lord Jesus. No longer shall you be marked by shame and by ignominy, but the glory of God shall rise over your life. Stars are meant to shine. Shine in the name of the Lord Jesus. Fast as may be, but billions of miles away we still see them because they are meant to shine. Cloud may be in the sky, but cloud we go. Stars will still shine. That's why anything that may be cloudy, still covering your stars from being seen from afar. Let the east wind of the Lord blow it will also a cloud right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. The Lord is transporting the church from obscurity into the limelight. The Lord is transporting you from obscurity into the place of presentation to the world in the name of Jesus. But God, you made all the difference, Lord. That's why our heads shall not be bowed for any longer. That's why, Lord, our heads shall be raised and lifted and we can declare that you are God who reigns in the affairs of men. Do it and perform it, O oh God. Do it and perform it, O oh God. It's a long-term problem between you 
and members of your family, specifically your sibling, the Lord is saying that he's intervening. Those that have sworn that they will not have anything to do with you, the Lord is saying he's turning it around. But God has got involved. And the story has changed for the better. Everywhere in this room, if you want the hand of the Lord to touch you, let me agree with you in the area of healing. Just lift up your hands right now. The great healer is in the house. He will do the work himself. Father, Father, Father. Abba, Father, behold your people. And I ask, because according to what you say, you send your word and heal them and deliver them from their destruction. Your word has gone forth this afternoon. And that's why, Father, we pray and we decree at the same time in the name that's above all names. Let every infirmity and affliction holding anybody down in this room, let them depart right now. Let them be subdued right now. And let everyone emerge from the place of chains of sickness into the place of the liberty of health in the name of the Lord Jesus. You shall be bowed no more. Small ailments shall bow to Jesus. Supposedly big ailments shall bow to Jesus. The story that be one complaint after another, but God made all those complaints to go away. Made them to vanish and you enter into a new realm in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is a season in which, put out your hand, the hand of the Lord just point. This is a season in which there is so much of economic pressure. The Lord gathered the people together so that he might bless them and they can go out and be a blessing. God wants to bless you here this morning or this afternoon so that you can go out and be a blessing. So that you can tell the Lord, I know him as my provider. You can tell him, the Lord God who stand, whose angel stands by me tonight. You'll be able to declare as Paul declared. So I'm going to lift up your hand as well. Simple prayer. His name is called Jehovah Jireh. The Lord our provider. Father, we are not burying our hands in the sand in this time of death. We know the story outside there is gloomy, but there's a God. But God is at work. That's why, Lord, I pray that the previous story shall change and a new story will come based on the fact that you will make all the difference. Turn lack into abundance. Turn debt, debtors into lenders. Turn those, oh God, who are wandering and tired and burdened and don't know what tomorrow will be like, let joy fill their hearts and let hope turn into reality tomorrow in the name of Jesus. This week shall be a new day for somebody here. Behold, shall pass and all shall become new. Because God has come in. Because God has breached the old with the new and transformed the old into a glorious new. Father, we thank you. We hereby ask one more time for all our children, let your hand rest upon them. Let them enjoy the abundance of your glory. As they go in and come out, O oh God, shield and protect them. They shall not be consumed by this world. In the name of Jesus. Father, we pray. I finish the bit I could say. But your spirit is always with us. Expound this word to your people. Let it bear fruit in our lives. 
Let us be a people who will be marked by that single, simple two words. That old will have no hold because God is there. And so shall our story be. The birds of the air shall not steal this word from our hearts. I pray that men shall not trample upon these words. I pray that this world shall be our sixties and undress in the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray that the one you will speak unto them shall be clear much, much louder than one has spoken unto them. So that the glory will be yours and the praise will be yours forever. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We give you honor and praise. Jesus' mighty name we pray. Hallelujah.